Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Matthew chapter 5, I want us to begin reading in verse 1, and I'm just going to read down through verse number 4. The scripture says, when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and then he began to teach them, saying, the poor in spirit are blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs, and those who mourn are blessed, for they will be comforted. Let's pray together. Father, we stand in need of you this very hour. Lord, we ask you to speak to our hearts as we study your word together. And Lord, as we lean into verse number four, as we lean into this second beatitude where you said that those who mourn will be blessed. God, that's a difficult one to get our arms around. And Lord, I just pray that you give us insight to this, that you illuminate the verses of scripture that we're going to be studying today. I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds and you'd give us understanding of what it means to actually mourn together and how there's blessedness in mourning and how suffering leads to a blessed life and help us to be able to walk away with that perspective today. And Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts. I pray, God, that there's one here today that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that today will be the day of salvation because there's no other decision that any of us will ever make in life other than the decision to trust you as our Savior, to repent of our sins, to believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for us, you were buried, you rose again victoriously after three days, you ascended to heaven, you're seated by the right hand of God the Father, and there you're making intercession for us. And God, only through you can we even merit heaven. We thank you, Lord, for that, and we pray if there's one here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, that today will be the day of salvation. But God, maybe there's a believer that's here. Maybe there's a Christian brother or sister that's here that's, that's just struggling. Just the weight of the world or the burdens that they're carrying, uh, just the hard places they're going through in life, the, it gets heavy. And God, I just pray that you would encourage that brother or sister today through your word through the presence of the Holy Spirit, and, and just help us, God. Lord, we need you. We stand in total dependence of you. We're nothing without you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Well, last week we unpacked verse number three, where it said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. And we talked about what that means to be poor in spirit as we're going through this series on the Beatitudes. If you remember last week, I shared with you the Beatitudes are very progressive. I mean, they must begin with us realizing that we are spiritually bankrupt. I mean, there's nothing that we could bring to the, to the Lord to merit salvation other than a bankrupt self that realizes that we are just sinners and we're just placed before Him and we repent of our sins and we receive His grace and His mercy. Then and then only can we 
merit heaven. I want you to look in verse number 3. It says, the poor in spirit are blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Guys, if you want the kingdom of heaven to be yours, you must come to the realization that you and I are spiritually bankrupt. Amen? We are poor in spirit. That's what we talked about last week. Today I want to look in verse number 4. Those who mourn are blessed. Get that. Those who mourn are blessed. Or the translation I kind of grew up memorizing was, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Right? Think about that. Really? I don't know about you, but when I read that, it's hard for me to grasp that. I mean, in the world we live in today, with our own intellectual being, we have a difficult time getting our arms around that. But you've got to remember something I teach you all the time. The Word of God is not intellectually discerned, is it? The Word of God teaches us in Corinthians that His Word is spiritually discerned, right? So the only way that we're really going to understand a passage of Scripture is to have the Holy Spirit of God illuminate this verse, give us spiritual understanding of the Word of God, and move in our life and our heart and help us to line up with what God is trying to teach us in His Scripture, right? So we've got to do that with this. I don't know about you. I don't get real happy when I'm going through a season of mourning. Do you? I mean, those are hard places to get through in life, okay? So what does it mean to be a blessed man or a blessed woman whenever we are going through the hard times of life, whenever we're going through this morning? Well, that's what we're going to try to unpack today. And I hope and pray when you leave here that you will have a better understanding of some of the sufferings and hard places that we go through in life because it's really part of a process that God is allowing to happen in our life to fulfill the ultimate achievement of and goal to conform us and to the image of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Listen, I've said this before. I'll say it again. God loves you too much to leave you the way you are, right? He is in the process of conforming us into the image of His Son, right? I mean, we're just the clay and we're on the wheel and He's the potter and He decides where He's going to put the pressure, right? Right? Sometimes he just wads it up and pushes it down. Thankfully, he doesn't throw it away, but he just kind of remolds it, right? Right? Whenever we get too dried out, whenever we get too hard, whenever we get too brittle, and he can't do much more with it, he says, I love you, man. You're a mess right there, and I, I just love you too much to leave you like that. Matter of fact, I can't even use you as a vessel. You're full of cracks and holes, and I can't even use you, so I want to remake you. Amen. Has God ever remade you? Boy, he's remade me a few times. And it's in that process that sometimes the mourning takes place and the grieving and those hard places that we're going through. And if we'll just allow ourselves to be spiritually, if you will, pliable to the Holy Spirit and let him kind of just lead us and mold us, we'll discover that even through the hard places of life, we'll be able to see the hand of God. And as we look back over the years, we'll see we're... He was with us. He was molding us. He was making us. We're more mature today. We have more knowledge today. We're more in love with Jesus today. And we, we have more wisdom today. And I mean, that's, that's called growing in the faith, right? Growing in the knowledge of the Lord. But I want us to look at this, and I want to talk about three different areas this morning. The first area that I want to talk about is this mystery of human suffering. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I just want to draw it to your attention. Let's talk briefly about the mystery of human suffering. Why is it? Do you struggle with this? Why is it that whenever someone is sick, 
and we pray and we're really looking for God to move in that individual's life, why is it that he chooses to heal some and not bring healing to others? Why is it that whenever we're going through life and we're in some hard, difficult places, which, by the way, church, uh, we, we are a church family. And the Bible says that we are to carry one another's burdens, right? Do we believe that? Well, we got a church member that's hurting right now, and, and that's Donetta. And she, she pours so much into this church family and, and into this ministry and our secretary here at the church. And she's in Ohio right now being with her sister. Her, her sister is, is dying of cancer. Uh, and so be much in prayer. Uh, they, she sent us a picture yesterday of them together. And, and, and she's in a hard place right now, okay? So let's really lift her up in prayer. I, I, I had her on my mind as I was working through this, and I'm thinking, do, do you ever wonder... Do you ever wonder why God chooses to answer some prayers and maybe not some others? Do you, do, do you ever wonder why God heals someone to the point where they, they don't die at that point? Now listen, we're all going to die eventually, right? I mean, there's two things we're going to do, and you know what they are. You'll probably tell me, die and pay taxes. I say, no, 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 because there's some people that don't pay any taxes, right? <laughs> right? But you will die. And you will face judgment. Those are two things that will happen to all of us. Listen, you will not miss that appointment. It is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment, right? Those two things we will have on our agenda, on our calendar. They will not be canceled. But why is it that God maybe prolongs life for some and doesn't for others? I don't know about you, but I struggle with the death of a child. Whenever I see a young child that all of a sudden passes away, whether it be an infant or just, you know, a very young child... That's hard, and, and that's difficult as a pastor and a preacher. I have to stand above a little small casket and preach a funeral of an infant or a child. Why is that? You see, there is human suffering. And I guess the short answer, we go all the way back to the garden and we blame it all on Adam and Eve, right? I mean, that's kind of the short answer. In truth, I mean, it's sin, right? Because of sin, we're all going to die. And this earth, the Bible teaches us, is under a curse, uh, people ask, well, why all the storms? I just believe it's part of the curse. The, the earth is groaning for redemption day, right? The Bible teaches us that. The earth is under a curse. So I, the short answer is we can go all the way back to really just sin. But you know, you know what, guys? I've always just found comfort knowing that my God's a lot bigger than I am, that his brain's a lot bigger than my brain. Right? That he understands things that I can't even think about understanding. That I understand that he has some mysteries. I understand, I understand there's some things about God that I just will not understand in this life. Right? I mean, I was witnessing and talking to a man just a week or so ago, and he had so many questions. I mean, he came to me and he said, you're a pastor, right? And I said, yes, sir. And, and he said, how long have you been preaching? And I told him. And he said, well, you should have these things figured out. And he, he started giving me these perplexed, troubling, difficult questions. And I said, listen, I don't have the answers to those questions. Amen. I mean, yeah, I know Jesus and I know he died for me and I know I'm going to heaven. But I don't have the answers to all of your questions. But you know what? I've never come to the place where I felt like I had to get the answer to all of those questions. I came to the place where I just trust. Right? I just live by faith. Right? The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please Him in the book of Hebrews. So we must be a people that has a degree and element of faith. Great faith that we place in the Lord. And we just place things in His care and we just trust Him. Right? Matter of fact, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says the hidden things belong to the Lord our God. You see, I think that's a pretty good answer to the question why. 
Why did this happen, preacher? Why did this happen, pastor? Why am I going through this? Why is this not happening? I'm praying, I'm tithing, I'm coming to church, I'm trying to do all the good things. Why is this happening to me? You know what? All I can really say is I don't know, but I know he's a good God. I know he's a sovereign God. I know he's a wise God. I know he's a loving God. I know he's a, he cares for me. I know he has my best interest at heart. And so I've just got to learn to trust and realize Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the hidden things belong to the Lord our God. For some reason, he's just chosen to, to hide those from our view. Guys, you realize one of the things that's going to happen in heaven is it's going to be a place of learning. You, you want me to tell you where you need to take some of those questions? You need to take them to Jesus, right? Now, he may choose to reveal it to you on this earth, but, or he may choose to reveal it to you later, right? But don't start doubting just because things don't go the way we think they should go. There's always been human suffering. Matter of fact, I love this magnificent doxology, if you will, in Romans chapter 11. Now, turn there in your Bibles. Romans chapter 11 and verse number 33. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has even, or who has ever first given to him and has to be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. I love verse number 34. It says, who has known the mind of the Lord? It's asking the question. Who has known the mind of the Lord? You know what the answer to that is? No one. He's God, right? He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. Who has known the mind of the Lord? The answer, in short, is simply no one. Look at the latter part of verse 34. Who has been his counselor? You want me to give you the answer to that question? No one. He is the counselor, right? He doesn't call time out and go lay on a couch somewhere and ask somebody a lot of questions and try to get counsel. He's God, right? I came to the realization years ago that he's God. If he chooses to do this or chooses to allow this or chooses not to intervene where I sometimes think he needs to intervene, then I simply just walk away from that, still trusting, placing my faith in him, realizing that no man knows the mind of God. No man gives him counsel. He is God. And then look at verse number 35. Who have ever given to God that God should repay? No one. Right? Listen, church, get a hold of this. God doesn't owe you anything, right? Anything he gives us, he chooses to give us by his blessings, not because he has to, amen? Every prayer that he answers for us, and we're praying a particular way, and, and we're asking God if this be your will, will you allow this? And he allows it to happen in our life. He doesn't give that to us because he has to, right? He doesn't owe us a thing. Are you tracking with me? I believe that's what we're reading here in Romans chapter 11. No one knows the mind of the Lord. No one gives him advice. God doesn't owe anyone an explanation for whatever happens in our life. I love the conclusion of this wonderful doxology in verse number 36. For from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever. Guys, that's where you got to live. Listen, there's going to be some difficult places that you're going to have to go through in this life and that you're not going to have the answers to the questions that you're asking. And what are you going to do with that? 
I just camp out in Romans 11, verse 33 through 36. And at the end of the day, to him be the glory. Amen. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right? So is there human suffering? Sure there is. I I think it's a great mystery, and it's something that we will get of the Lord. So that's about all I can say with that. But I'm leading into this passage, into this beatitude about Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn. So he's telling us that we're going to have some hard places in life to get through. The great promise is what? Somebody shout out the promise. We will be what? Comforted, right? Blessed. And comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for you will be comforted. Now, I'm going to lean a little bit different direction with this. As I shared with you last week, the Beatitudes are really progressive. And the first Beatitude is the poor in spirit. Those that realize we are spiritually bankrupt, for the kingdom of heaven is ours when we come to that conclusion. Okay? We have nothing that we can bring, just ourselves, our brokenness. We repent and we ask God to forgive us. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, the progression is now... Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You see, as we are growing, I'm going to try to give you the interpretation of the passage right here. As we are growing in our faith, there will be a heightened awareness of the sinfulness that's in our own life. Right? The Holy Spirit takes up residence in our life. By the way, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not an it Right? It's the third part part of the Godhead. It's the third part of the Trinity. He takes up residence in our heart and in our life. He lives there. And the Bible teaches me that the Holy Spirit of God can be grieved. Right? He can be hurt by the things that we do. So I believe it's talking about here within the, the correct interpretation of the passage, those that mourn are those that, are, that have a heightened awareness of their sinfulness and they quickly repent of that. And I wanted to take you back today and just kind of stay on that track and I wanted to go back and study the sin of David. And then I wanted to study some of the sins of Peter. And then I want to bring that fast forward into our own lives and start unpacking some of the things that we may fall into and really help us get an understanding of mourning over our sinfulness. Right? Some people ask me and say, Preacher, why do you go to church? So you can get to heaven? No. Preacher, why do you tithe? So you can get to heaven? No. Why do you do what you do for the Lord? Let me tell you why I do what I do. It's not so I can get anything in return. Right? I do what I do for the Lord because I love Him. Because He has done so much for me. Right? People say, well, why do I have to go to church all the time? You don't have to. Hello? But if you get saved, you will want to. Do I need to say that again? People say, why do you go to church all the time? Because you have to? You don't have to. Hello? But if you fall in love with Jesus, you'll want to. Everybody say, I want to. Yeah, yeah. Listen, if we fall in love with the Lord, if we come to realization what He's done in our life, if I become before Him poor in spirit, completely spiritually bankrupt before God, and then I become aware of my own sinfulness, it's then that I want to do whatever it is He wants me to do. I want to serve Him. I want to live for Him. I want to get in communion with Him on a daily basis. I want to feel His presence. I need Him every single day. I I pity the person... Oh, I so pity the person that goes through this life thinking they don't need anybody or anything. What? I pity that person. Hey, guys, we need each other. We need the church. And most of all, we all need Jesus. Hello? Those that mourn, the Bible says, 
will be comforted. Now, I'm going to go a different direction, though, okay? I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of application here. The interpretation, I believe, because it's progressive, we're spiritually bankrupt, that's salvation day, okay? That's the day we become born again when we realize that we are spiritually bankrupt and the kingdom of heaven will be ours when we come to that realization and we trust Christ as our Savior. I think we see salvation in the very first beatitude. But then I think we see, I think we see that we get to the place where we have this heightened awareness of sinfulness in our own life. Now, we're not, we're not judging the sins of others, right? We're not, we're not calling out sister so-and-so in the church or brother so-and-so in the church. We're just looking at our own life, right? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And boy, I love the fact that 1 John 1, 9 is in the book. And by the way, 1 John 1, 9 is not there for the unbeliever. 1 John 1, 9 is there for the believer, right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? That's for the believer. That's for you. That's for me. Because there comes times in our life when we do stumble and we do fall and the Holy Spirit convicts us, right? That's Whenever he's grieved, that's the conviction that's taking place right there, right? And then we repent of that and we come to him. But I want to lean more towards this, this area of grieving, this area of of, of mourning, not just our sins, but just difficult places in life that we go through. Because I think there's great application here in this beatitude, and I think there's great comfort that comes from the Lord whenever we get to the place where we recognize Him, and then we give our mourning and our grieving and our, our brokenness over to Him. We allow Him to comfort us. I think there's a, a huge learning curve here spiritually for all of us. So the first thing we looked at was the mystery of human suffering. The second thing, I want you to jot this down. We're going to unpack this a little bit. I really don't even have long to do it justice. But secondly, and this is kind of the heart of the message right here, I want you to look at the ministry of divine comfort. Let's look at the ministry of divine comfort. Okay? Guys, do you realize, especially as a believer and a child of God, you never go through anything alone. Right? The hard places of life that you go through, you've got a promise from God. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will meet, listen, I will take care of your needs and I will meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory, right? Listen, there's promise after promise after promise that God gives us, but he is there with us through our hard places of life. And I'm going to look at about four things here real quickly. I I can't stay long on these. I'm going to hit them, make a comment or two and go. But here's things I want you to remember. I think it's important, some important truths that we need to remember that we are receiving divine comfort from the Lord whenever we are going through some of these hard places in life that causes us to grieve or to mourn over a particular situation in our life. Number one, the first thing I want you to see is this. God himself draws near to those who are hurting. Okay, God himself draws near to those who hurt. In Psalm 34, in verse number 18, look what the Bible says. Psalm 34, 18. It says, the Lord is near the brokenhearted. Okay, get that. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. Guys, what a wonderful promise. Whenever we are broken... Whenever we are grieving, whenever we are mourning, the Bible says you will be comforted. And here's one way that the Lord comforts us. He draws near to us. The Bible says, Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near the brokenhearted. What a wonderful promise. 
that we have that the Lord is going to be there with us as we're going through this heartache and this hard place in our life. There's a there's this special presence. I don't know. Maybe you look back at your life. Maybe you have some hard places you were going through and you're living for the Lord and, man, you're, you're striving to, to love on Jesus and Him on you and you're going through some hard places in life and maybe the death of a loved one or maybe some, just some hard, bumpy roads you're going through. Aren't you glad? And maybe you can go back and you can give a testimony if I was to call on you, and I'm not, but, but maybe you could say, man, I, I can tell you, preacher, there was a time when, when I felt His presence. As I was going through that battle, as I was going through that hard place, as, as I was struggling there, and as I was broken, and, and I was weeping, and I was crying, and I kind of threw my hands up, and I didn't know what to do. And it seemed like I could just feel His presence. I think if I went through the congregation and said, have you ever felt anything like that? I think there would be many that would raise their hands and say, Preacher, yeah, I, I felt His presence going through a hard place. I've, I felt Him encourage me. I saw Him give me comfort. You want me to tell you why that is? Because He says, the Lord is near the broken hearted. Amen? And I believe God himself draws near whenever we're hurting. So the next time you're going through a battle, the next time you're going through a hard place, I want you to heighten the sensitivity, awareness of the Lord because he is near. Now get this. He's not going to bust your door down to get in. Hello? He's he's just going to simply wait until you invite him into the situation. Right? He's not going to bully his way in and take control. He's just there. He's near, and if you'll be aware of that, you'll feel His presence. You'll, you'll probably even hear His voice. And I'm not necessarily saying an audible voice, but let me tell you, how, how do we hear the voice of God? Does God still speak today? Yes, yes, yes He does. I'm glad you said that. Yes, He does speak to us. But how? How does He hear? I tell you what, guys, I don't wake up every morning and hear an audible voice from my Lord. But how does He speak to me? The number one way He speaks to all of us is through His Word. If you're not getting in the written word of God, then you're probably not hearing much of the voice of God. I'll just tell you, you're going on your own premonitions, you're going on your own knowledge, your own ability, your own strength. The number one way that I believe God speaks to us is through His Word. Listen, especially when we're going through a hard place, we need to be in the Word of God. I believe you need to be in it every day, even if you're going through a good time in your life but especially those difficult times because God's going to speak to us. He draws near. I I can't talk more about How does he speak to us? Through his word, right? Through the Holy Spirit, through our prayer life, through our circumstances, through other believers in Christ that are speaking into our life. I mean, that's five ways right off the top of my head that I know God speaks to me. And I hope you hear him speak to you as well. But he draws himself near to those who hurt. Number two, jot this one down. I want you to get this. God uses suffering to draw us to himself. Now get a hold of this. God uses suffering to draw us to himself. Now think about this. Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You ever stop to think that maybe what God is doing in your life when you're going through a hard place, he may may be saying, "I, I love you. And I want, I want to have a more intimate, closer relationship with you. And so what God will sometimes do, He will allow us to go through some hard places and through some sufferings simply so He can draw us to Himself. Psalm 37, in the same psalm, look up in verse number 4. Psalm 37 and verse 4. David said, I sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. You see, I believe here God... What he does through our suffering is is oftentimes just simply draws us 
to himself. Someone made this statement. Listen to this. I just want, it's not original with me. I read it somewhere, and, and I don't even have the source for it, or I would tell you. But listen to what it says here. You'll never know if Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And when Jesus is all you have, only then will you discover that Jesus really is all you need. Let let me say that again. Matter of fact, I'm going to put that on Facebook later today so you can get it. Listen to what he says right here. And I don't know who wrote this, but I love it. You'll never know if Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. What is that? That's poor in spirit. That's spiritual bankrupt. That's realizing we can't do anything in and of ourselves. That's realizing we need to quit being so hard-headed and so independent and so contrary and and so bullheaded and so stubborn. And do you get the point or do I need to continue? Right? (laughs) You know what we need to do? We need to surrender. Realize we're poor in spirit. You'll never know if Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And when Jesus is all you have, only then will you discover that Jesus really is all you need. Guys, that's true. I promise you, he's all you need. What's that old song? He's all I need. He's all I need. Somebody help me. Jesus, I don't know the rest of it. But he's all I need, Amen. I didn't have that in my notes. That was kind of just spontaneous right there. <laughs> but he's all we need, guys. We need to quit thinking. We've got to have all these other things. We've got to have answers to all these questions. Or we've got to wait till our life is just perfect. Listen, we need to get to the point in our life when we realize that Jesus is simply all I need. Amen. Right? Amen. And oftentimes he will allow suffering to draw us. Guys, you realize what you do in suffering that you don't do in other times? Let me tell you what you'll do. When you're going through suffering, I promise you, you're going to pray like you've never prayed before when you're going through a hard place. You're going to get in God's Word like you've never got in in His Word before when you're going through a hard place. When you're going through suffering, you're going to pray more fervently. You're going to read the Scripture more faithfully. Hello? I mean, you're, you're going to, listen, you're going to walk in the church door every time you hear the hinges on the front door squeak because you're going to think something's going on there and I need Jesus. Right? But most of us don't live like that. We live by taking care of things our own way. We're just that that independent spirit. God needs to break that in many of us and get us to the place where we are totally dependent upon Him. You'll pray more. You'll get in the Scriptures more. You'll love on Him more. You'll talk about Him more. You'll sing about Him more. You'll witness for Him more. I mean, don't you think God wants us to do that all the time? And if you're not doing it and you're his child, he loves you too much to let you live some rebellious life. He's going to draw you to himself. And oftentimes he will use suffering to draw us. What's the third thing here? Talking about the ministry of this divine comfort. The third thing we see is this. We grow more in hard times than in good times. We grow more in hard times than in good times. And I think I just alluded to that point. But I want you to see the process that God gives us in his word. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 5. Listen, every single one of us are going to live right here. At some point in our life, you should be able to say, Yep, I'm in Romans 5 and I know exactly where I am right there in Romans 5. God is working in my life. Because this is the process that God uses to draw us to himself and to use us in ministry and get us to the place where we're getting more and more knowledge of him. We're going to grow more. Look what it says in Romans 5, verse number 2. The Bible says, We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand, 
and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now I want you to pay attention. We've gained access to God through faith, right? Through the grace He's extended. And now there's tremendous joy and hope that we have in our life. But look at verse 3. And not only that, but we also, get this, rejoice in our afflictions. I mean, it's one thing to rejoice about your name being written down in heaven, right? I mean, it's one thing to rejoice about one day I know I'm going to see Jesus. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm a believer. He's extended his grace. I've accepted it by faith. Listen, that's one thing to rejoice about that. It's something else entirely different to start rejoicing about my afflictions. But look what he says in verse 3. And not only that, we also rejoice in our afflictions. Why? Because he's unpacking it for us and he's answering the question why for us. Because we know, get this, we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. And proven character produces hope. Now this hope will not disappoint us. Everybody say, will not. The Bible says this hope will not. It didn't say it might not. Maybe it won't. It says it will not. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given or who was given to us. Now I want you to see the progression right here. I want you to see how do we get to the place where we have this joy. We're able to rejoice in our affliction. When's the last time you really celebrate because you're going through a hard time? We need to get to that point. Hello? And, and here we're going to see what the, what the progression is. I want you to notice, though, Paul says that we rejoice in our affliction and sufferings. He doesn't say we rejoice because of our suffering, but rather we, we rejoice in our suffering. Okay? Now, we're not turning a blind eye to it or a deaf ear. We realize we're going through some hard places. And we're not rejoicing because we're suffering, but we're rejoicing in and through our suffering. So here's what I want you to see. Even in the worst moments, God's people can rejoice. Get this, because he's working. What's he doing? Our affliction and suffering. Look, it says it in your Bible. Our affliction and our suffering produces what? Produces endurance and perseverance, right? The affliction that we have, the suffering that we're going through, God is working in our life to produce something in our life. He wants to produce endurance. He wants to produce perseverance. Listen, it's important we finish well, right? I'm in this thing for the long haul. I mean, this is not something I'm going to do for 15 or 20 years, then retire from it, and then go do something else, right? I mean, this faith I'm taking with me to the grave. And I hope you're planning on doing that. Right? So he's building perseverance in us. He's building this, this, this endurance in us, and he does it through affliction and suffering. But then also, the endurance and the perseverance, what's it building? It's producing character, godly character in us. And this character produces this hope. And that's why it says in Romans chapter 5, this hope will not disappoint us. Why will this hope not disappoint us? Get this. Because God, it says in verse number 5, because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now here's what I want you to get. Here's, here's kind of, I'm bringing it all together right here. What starts with suffering, in verse number 5, said ends with the love of God in our heart. What starts with suffering ends with the love of God in our heart. Now everybody says, oh, I want the love of Jesus in my heart. Well, guess what you just signed up for? Suffering. Hello? 
Romans chapter 5, I'm, not te- I'm, not, I'm telling you the truth, guys. This is scripture. Oh, I want Jesus. I want the love of Jesus in my heart. I think about a little child song right there about the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. I won't sing that to you, but I want that. Well, guess what you just signed up for? Suffering and affliction. Because God says, okay, if you want the love of God in your heart, my progression, the way I'm going to get that in your heart to where you can rejoice in the suffering, is we're going to start with suffering. So I just want you to see what starts with suffering ends with the love of God. I don't know about you, but what a wonderful progression that is. You want me to tell you why? Because self's kind of taken out of it, and it's all God working in our life. And it goes almost completely contrary to what our world says. So I just want you to know, you can't get the love of God in your heart until, first of all, you're willing to start at the place of suffering. So that's my third point I want you to see there, is that we grow in these hard times more than we do good times. Fourth one I want you to see here is that our sufferings, and I'm going to probably stop with this one. I want you to see that our sufferings qualify us to minister to others. Now get a hold of this one. God is working in your life. And He loves you. And He wants to produce the love of God in your life. And where's it going to start? Way over here at suffering. But because we're getting a good understanding of what God is doing, now we're able to rejoice in the suffering, not for the suffering, but in as we're going through the suffering. Because we know God is producing endurance. He's producing perseverance. He's producing godly character. He's producing this hope. He's producing this joy. He's producing this love of God in our heart. Romans 5, 5, right? But it all starts with suffering, okay? So as we're going through that now, I want you to see what God is going to do. He's going to use you to minister to others. I love 2 Corinthians 1, 4. And I use this passage of scripture many, many times in counseling with people that are going through hard places. Here's what I want you to get a hold of. 2 Corinthians 1.4. He comforts us in all our affliction. Everybody say amen right there. Amen. He comforts us in all of our affliction. Hey, we don't have a problem with that. Or somebody's going to ask why, right? You're going to ask why? why? Why is he comforting us in all of our affliction? Well, he answers that in the verse. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves received from God. Now, the Greek word translated comfort here is the very same Greek word translated comfort in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Jesus said, Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I want you to see that He has comforted us, and therefore what He's wanting us to do now is to, He wants to use us to bring comfort to other people around us. May I just say this, that many of you are far more qualified to do ministry than I am? Many of you are far more qualified to minister to other people than even I am in certain situations. Let me tell you why. Because no one, no one understands cancer like someone who has gone through cancer. No one understands what it means to lose a child like someone who has lost a child. No one understands what it means to go through a divorce like someone that has gone through a divorce. No one knows what it means to lose a job and have no idea where the next paycheck's coming from more than the individual that's lost a job and has had to live through that. Are you tracking with me? 
No one knows what, listen, no one knows the pain of losing a parent like those that have lost a parent. One of the things I refuse to say when I'm counseling with someone going through a heartache or going through a hard place, and, and I encourage you to refuse to say this as well. Don't ever go up to somebody and say, I know how you feel. Because if you haven't walked a mile in their shoes, if you haven't faced that situation, listen, you don't have a clue how they feel. But I promise you something, for that one that's had cancer and they've received comfort from God and God's walked them through that thing and they've got healing now on the other side, whenever they come across someone that is now diagnosed with cancer, honey, listen, they know how it is to be in the doctor's office and hear the doctor walk in and say, I'm sorry to tell you, but you have cancer. And they start lining out all the treatments. But that individual has received comfort from the Lord and they've walked with God through that thing and now they're on the other side. You may tell you the best one. Listen, in my ministry, my wife had cancer back years ago. Went through many, many treat radiation treatments down at Duke Hospital in Durham, North Carolina. It was before we had children. We got all types of negative reports from the doctor that you may never be able to have children. And, you know, and gave us a whole list of negative things. Well, we just started walking with God through that thing. And God started moving in our heart and moving through her life and moving through my life and bringing us to... I mean, he was... Listen, he was drawing near to us and we were drawing near to him and now whenever I get a phone call in the office and somebody says hey preacher so and so has been diagnosed with cancer you want me to tell you I'll say listen I'll pray for you but I want you to sit down and talk with my wife Amen. she knows what it is to live through cancer. Diane Griffin in the back, she knows what it is to live through cancer. And for many of you that I may not be aware of that have had cancer, you know what it is. Listen, you are the one that's most qualified to turn around and sit down and talk with someone that's going through some of these hard places because you've been through it. You've seen how God has moved in your life. You've received comfort from God through that thing. Now what God wants you to do is come alongside that other person and share with them the comfort that you received from the Lord. And I don't care what crisis you've been through, what hard place you've been through, whether it's losing a child, whether it's cancer, whether it's death of a child or, or a parent or a sibling or losing of a job. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The one that's best qualified. Now, I just saw Becky right on the back row there. And I think about her husband, Jerry, that suffered a stroke three years ago and her having to live with Jerry and take care of him and work with him. Man, we, we go through some hard things. And we as a church have been praying for Jerry and praying for Becky. And, and some, sometimes there's good days and there's backwards days. And we're like, God, what's going on? I promise you, God is drawing himself close to you guys like he does all of us as we're going through suffering. And who do you think to be the very one most qualified to talk to a spouse of an individual that just suffered a stroke? Me or, or Becky? Becky, sure. And that's what that passage is all about. 2 Corinthians 1.4, he comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. You know what that's called? That's called that ministry of divine comfort. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I was going to get into my last part, but I'm not. I'm going to stop right here. The band can come. I was going to talk to you a little bit about the majesty of God's sovereignty and how he is sovereign over all of this. Guys, I can, I, can, I, can, I can camp out in Matthew 5, 4. Amen. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I've seen God move in my life. I've seen God move in my wife's life. I've seen God move in our family. 
I've, I've received comfort for, for him going through some of the hard places in life we've had to go through. And in the end of it, was it easy to go through? No, it's never easy to go through, right? But at the end of it, we as a family, we have come out stronger. Our faith in God has increased more than it ever was when things were just going good. Our knowledge of him and how he works in our life and the comfort we receive and, <clears throat> and drawing near to him and feeling his presence and hearing him speak to us through his word and through circumstance. Man, there's nothing like I wouldn't go back. Listen, as they're preparing, listen to me. Last statement, we're going to pray. I would not go back and trade one heartache, one suffering, one affliction for just all good times. Because let me tell you something, I've had some good times. But man, it's when I'm in those hard places. It's when I'm in that valley, right? That I see the rose of Sharon. That I hear him speak to my heart that I grow closer to him, that I have a more intimate relationship and fellowship with him. I wouldn't trade one hard place I've been through because it's really made me the man I am. It's increased my faith in God. It's made me stronger, so much stronger in him. My foundation is so sure. There's not a liberal theologian or an atheist or whatever in the world that could rock my foundation because I've experienced a relationship and the presence and the ministry of a holy God in and out of my life ever since I surrendered my life to Him. I've seen Him work in my life. I look back at some of the hard places that we've had to come through. I can see His hand. I say, God, I can see. I was totally blind to what you were doing there, but God, I see what you were doing. You were preparing me. And there's a whole other illustration. Man, we could go and study the life of Moses. You think God was using Moses for 40 years on the backside of the desert when Moses thought he was a reject and a failure? And God was using him, preparing him for a great ministry. And oftentimes what God is doing in your life, going through heartache and suffering, he's, he's preparing you. He's saying, oh, I love you and I want to use you. Will you allow me to slide in right here next to you going through this suffering? Will you yoke up with me? Will you partner with me? I'm here, I'm near, but I need you to invite me in. And I promise you, we'll get through this thing and we'll come out on the other side with great joy and great comfort and great hope. And I'll, est I'll establish endurance and perseverance and longevity. I'll, I'll establish uh, hope in you and godly character in you. I'll, I'll, I'll place joy in you. It starts with suffering, but it ends with the love of God in your heart. I don't know about you, but I want to end there. So I'll go through the suffering. Amen. I'll go through the trials. Listen. I realize there's religions out there today that are growing by the mega, mega thousands of people that are promising if you'll just give your life to Jesus, you'll have a brand new Cadillac, a multi-million dollar home, life will be easy, you'll have the best life you ever live right now. Listen, the best life I live is not going to be here in this earth. The best life I'm going to live is going to be in heaven. Amen? I'm just, I'm just a pilgrim here. I'm just passing through. We're just sojourners. This is not my home. Amen? I'm going somewhere. I hope and pray you're going with me. Let's pray together. Father, God, we all go through hard places. And Father, we need you. And I just pray that you would heighten our awareness of you. I just pray, dear Lord, that you would just help us to be sensitive, that you're near, even through the hard places that we go through. And Father, I don't know exactly the need on every heart and every life and every person that's here today. But God, you do. God, I do know this. None of us are here by mistake. I believe you are a sovereign God. 
that not only orchestrates the stars in the sky, but the heartbeat of every single one of us that are here today. God, you're moving in our life. You care for us. And Father, you've brought someone here today to hear this message. And God, I don't know what the problem is today, but I know what the answer is. And the answer is Jesus. And Father, I pray today that there's someone that would just let go of the hard place that they're in and quit trying to figure out what's going on and just turn loose and hold on to you and let, let you, God, have rule and reign in their life. Fathers, we go through these places to where we're mourning and grieving. Help us to be sensitive of your presence. Help us to be aware that you're near. Help us to cling to the promise that we will be comforted. Have your will and way in this time together. I wonder as heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed, and here's how I would like to work our invitation today. And if you're here this morning, you've never received Christ as your Savior, I just want you to know that's where it begins. That's where it starts. And will you this morning just simply pray and ask God to forgive you and, and ask Him to come into your heart and to come into your life and begin a relationship with Him? That's where it starts. And if you'd like to do that, let me pray with you right now. Just right there where you're sitting. You don't have to come forward. You don't have to walk down here and kneel down. But you can do business with the Lord right there where you are. Why don't you pray a prayer, something like this. Say, God, I've tried to do this by myself. I've failed so many times. And right now, Lord, I just give you my life. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. To come into my life, be my Lord, be my Savior, be my God. I give you my life right now, Lord. And I ask for your forgiveness. I plead for your mercy. I want to bask in your grace. Father, I need you. I give you my life this moment. In Jesus' name I pray. Head still bowed, eyes still closed. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I just want to say welcome to the family of God. You've just become a born-again believer in Jesus Christ by repenting of your sins and asking Him into your heart and into your life. And I want to help you in that journey of faith. And I've got some material. I've got some very elementary, basic Bible lessons that I've written and put together that I want to send you. And the only way I'll know that if you fill out a connection card and you indicate on there, I either accepted Christ as my Savior or I recommitted my life to Christ today. And we're going to have a place in the back for you just to give, drop that in a basket when you leave today. And I'll follow up with you with some, some things in the mail I'd like to send you to help you. And I want to say welcome to the family. But I want to pray right now specifically for that one that may be going through a hard place. And there may be that mourning that you're going through, that grieving, that carrying of that heavy burden, that hard place in life, that affliction and suffering that you may be going through. May I just encourage you and say be of good cheer because our God is also near just look to him by faith and I promise you that he'll be there for you let me pray for you father I pray for that one right now that's struggling the afflictions of this world the afflictions of this life the suffering that they're going through it may be it may be a physical sickness it may be an emotional sickness it may be a financial problem it may be a relationship problem, an emotional problem. God, I don't know. 
I don't know what the needs are today, God, but you do. And I just pray that that individual right now would realize, God, that you're near and that they would turn to you. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for that individual that's going through a hard place right now. Lord, I pray that they would cry out to you. They would look around and they would sense your presence and they would hear your voice through your word and through circumstances and through other godly people and through the Holy Spirit and through their prayer life and work in their heart and their life, God. And we've all had to be in those tough places. But help us to realize, God, that you're working in our life. And yes, it begins with suffering and sorrow and affliction and heartache. But it ends with the love of God in our life and endurance and godly character and hope and joy. Help us to see that by faith. and Help that individual today that's going through a hard place just to, to let go and let God surrender completely to you. Have your will and way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.